<laughs> I was shocked because Ow. who would have expect? He had a belly that hung down to his knees almost. Mm -hmm. And he was he had no muscle with you know. I'm just I'm just curious. You, you you've got the record for the most uh, terminations at the WWE. If you pick up the phone and, and call Vince, does he answer? Do you get Vince on the phone quickly? No. No. You'd have to you'd have to work at it a couple of days to get Vince to call you back. I'm just no. curious. I never tried. You've you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. They always call you? They bring you back and then they fire you. Then they call you again. Is that how this works? Yeah. Never once give Vince a phone call. No. Very interesting. No. Interesting. So Another before, call. before Farrell's final question, I do want to... Tommy Rich was in here. He was telling a pretty cool story and then me and Farrell were like cut him off about something. I forget what we were speaking Did to him we? about. Yeah, we Shrink I, I think I jumped on it. Shrinking again. Uh, he was speaking about when he was tag team with you and my question was, you know, being a white man in that time, wrestling with a black man, did he get a lot of pressure and a lot of problems with it? And then he started discussing something. I don't know, if Tony, if you could continue on with that story, if you remember. Well, first of all, I want people to know, Tommy Wildfire Rich is not my friend. He's my brother. There you go. His mother seen us together, and she said, this is your brother. Y'all are brother. Me and Tom and River were like brother. We did everything together. We fought together. We got drunk together. We got laid together. One time they go to in a, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and Ole Anderson was the booker. They were part of the Minnesota record crew, Ole and Gene Anderson. The the first Anderson brother was Lars and Gene. Mm -hmm. And then Ole came along Later, and Ole had his big mouth, and, 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 and great on the microphone. So they started pushing Ole Anderson 
And then the family Lars Anderson ended up leaving and left Gene and Ole. They called himself the Minnesota Recruit. But anyway, they came to the office, KKK members. And they, I hope I don't get in trouble. For, I'm going to talk the way they said it. Is, can I do that? Yeah. Okay. They came to the office to talk to Ole and, and a guy named Charlie Smith. Now, Charlie Smith is still alive. Ole is still alive too, but from what I hear, he's kind of goofy. We always been goofy, but even more goofy now. And I love Ole. Because Ole is a straight shooter. He would tell the truth, whether he hurt or not. He'd tell the truth. If you had a bad match, Ole said, You're that drizzling shits. <laughs> he would just tell you that, you know. Uh, but anyway, they came to the office, and me and Tommy was in there training some, uh, some of the kids. They had a, a gym with the ring uh, where they used to have wrestling there before they started going to the auditorium. And they said, hey, uh, y'all bringing that nigga to our show? And Ole Anderson said, yeah, we bringing our nigga. Because Ole used to call you nigga all the time. He had no, no bones about it. Uh, because he got picked on a lot because he was Polish. So he was called a dumb Polak all the time. So he was giving it back to people. So he would call your name because they, they call him name. And uh, in the wrestling business, you have to be tough to that. You know, Especially in the older days, fans would call you names. Fans would spit on you. They would throw things on you. You could not turn around and punch a fan. You had to suck it up and take it. If you couldn't take it, you was in the wrong business. So Ole came in and told me. He said, yeah, he's going up. So then they left. So I'm in the car with Tommy Rich. And we get into this, this town called Kanye, Georgia. Conquer, Georgia, or something like that. They had a sign that said, nigga, don't let the sun set on your ass. Mm. I said, Tommy, take me back. Yeah, turn around. <laughs> we go, go back the other way. Yeah. Tommy said, yeah. hey, T, I got you back, T. You, you all right, T? You with me, brother. Don't worry about nothing. <laughs> Tommy, take me back. So Tommy took me out where my car was because Kanye, Georgia is, is, is in the suburb of Atlanta. It's not that far. So where I left my car, I got my car. I didn't make that shot. And that's the shot that Tommy was talking about. I said, yeah, there was one town that Tony wouldn't go to. That's the town we're talking about. It was called Con Kanye, Georgia. Then they told me a story about they had a, a, a black policeman and they ran him out of town. How the hell, if they run a police bar town, what the hell are they going to do with me? Right, right. Mm. We're called Con Conquer, Georgia, something like it. Right mm. outside. Mm. If I look on the map, you can see the name. Yeah, Georgia. But but they, but they, they was real racist uh, back in them days. I remember I was driving with Klondike Bill in North Carolina. And uh, they, took all, they didn't have all the interstate. It take a lot of back roads. Like going from a, you know, a lot of back roads back in the 70s. So it was this one place that we used to stop at all the time, Klondike Bill there, that Johnny Weaver. And because the food was fantastic. See, they didn't have all the McDonald's. Most of them were truck stops. Mm -hmm. So you stop at these different truck stops. They had sure. these stops for trucks, not for everyday people. Because mm -hmm. most people, they didn't travel like they did now. You know, you, you, you grew up. If you grew up in North in Charlotte, North Carolina, you died in South Charlotte, North Carolina. People didn't migrate all the places like they do now. And I kept and, and I was sitting there. They, I used to sit in the car, and they would go in and they would get some food and bring it in the car too because I couldn't go in. Because this is early '70, and they had just desegregated America. 
but there was still a lot of business that they believed that they had the right to choose who they wanted their restaurant. I mean, the government was not really coming down on them that much, like they do now. You know, to now the guy, these people have been sued. So the guy, the guy said, looked out the window, and he asked Johnny Weaver, "Hey, is that that Black Atlas? Cause he's wearing a mask, his Black Atlas." And he said, "Yeah, that's him." He said, "Boy, that boy got some muscle, don't it?" This is what Johnny is telling me. And he said, "Yeah." He said, boy, I never saw a man built like him. He said, I'd like to meet him. So Klondike said, oh, I'd go get him. So Klondike Bill got up, walked out to the car, said, Tony, they wanted, the, the, the owner want to see you. So I go in. We take pictures together. They had the old Polaroid cameras there. He said, go put that on the wall. Take pictures together and everything. And I said, what is that smell? He said, that's my chili. He had the best chili in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, this side of the Mason Dixon land. You never gonna find any butter chili than my chili. So I said, wow. So I figured I took pictures with him. I got invited in the store. I said, is it possible that uh, I have a bowl of that? He said, Tony, I would love to, but we don't serve niggas here. So I said, well, sir, I don't mean no harm, but I don't want one anyway. I just want a bowl of chili. Mm. The man started laughing. The everybody in the whole place started laughing. So he said, I'll tell you what, you sat down there I'm going to give you a bowl of chili. Right. I was the first black, but I didn't let it get to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't let it get to me, the guy was just shocked. Right. Right. And he told Clyde, he said, every time y'all come through here, y'all bring that Tony in here. He said, I don't care what my customer said. Tony could eat here anytime he wants. Mm. Nice. I got called a nigga every time I went in there, but <sighs> the chili was good. <laughs> All right, so... Clear the clear the air on this. The, the big rumor when it comes to your your, your brother Tommy Rich was uh, his relationship with Jim Barnett. Did you ever ask him? Did he have to do now, certain things for Barnett? This is where people got mistaken with Tommy Rich. There was only one thing, one thing, and one thing only that Barnett liked about Tommy Rich. One thing. Money. The first night. Y'all don't realize this. Tommy Rich became a star in one night. This is how it happened. They brought Tommy in to be a jobber. Right. He's right. going to be a jobber right. for Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah. Because Abdullah, yeah. what he would do, Abdullah wrestled six months in the States. Mm -hmm. Then he wrestled six months in Japan. Sure. So Abdullah had just came back from, uh, from Japan. And they didn't want to... Abdullah to beat up all, destroy all the talent in Georgia. So they were bringing in talent to feed Abdullah from other places. Where Tommy Rich came through that curtain, young, good looking. You seen pictures of him when he was oh, young? Oh yeah, rock I mean, star. This, he was the first Dwayne Johnson. He's a rock star. Just a beautiful young kid. He came through that door, and the freaking women went nuts. I bet. I bet. Tommy could not get to the ring. <laughs> His first night, he could not make it to the ring. Wow. They had to get people to move the women back to let him in the ring. They wanted to rape him going to the ring. He, he just walked through the door, and the place went freaking ape. Amazing. Barnett was standing there. I had a mask on there, and I was black at it. He said, can you believe this? He said, they didn't even see the wrestler yet. Right. They because him. all wrestlers were big, rugged. You know, we were not pretty people. Right. You know, if you're a pretty, you know, like we call Ric Flair a pretty boy. Right. But right. Tommy was a pretty boy. Right. 
Right. So anyway, make a long story short, Abdullah started getting heat. Now, for the fans that don't know what heat means, Abdullah started beating up on poor Tommy, on, on, on Tommy. the kid. And Tommy had this bright, silky blonde hair that turned red. Ooh. The hair turned completely red. You're making the women very angry beating him up like this. The oh, yeah. Ole Anderson ran to the back. I, I just finished my match. I wrestled the Missouri Mauler okay. uh, uh, that night. And he said, Tony, get your black ass out there and run Abdullah off. He said, we're going to have a ride. The people was coming to the ring to they're get getting, Abdullah. They're getting, they're getting Abdullah crazy. was shaking. Yeah. He was scared to death. <laughs> he was scared to death. So Where's my I put my mask on and I spoke <laughs> and I spoke to tie it so it don't come up. Well, I forgot to tie it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I run to the ring. Wardrobe Abdullah, malfunction. Abdullah, when I looked at Abdullah, Tommy was a hell of a seller. That's what got him over. The way he's, you know, he was a hell of a seller. Right. So Tommy sold it so well that the people wanted to kill Abdullah. Abdullah could not get out of the ring. So when I jump in the ring, Abdullah's eyes was as big as two fifty-six piece. And Abdullah looked at me and said, slam me. And he'd never been slammed before. So I picked Abdullah up to give him a slam. But because he was so big and my mask was tight, my mask came out. Watch <laughs> robot function. And I had a big afro. Now imagine this. My head is like this. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great, you big dummy. <laughs> I remember one lady was sitting in the audience. Oh, my Lord. You know, it was like this. Yeah, poof. It just shot out just like yeah. this. Oh, God. So then I, I I slammed Abdullah, and I started fighting Abdullah. Abdullah said, stay on me, kid. Stay on me. So I'm, I'm hitting Abdullah. Abdullah's backing up, trying to get back to the dressing room because they want to kill him. Right. The next day, we was on a show they called the Fred and Mother Show. And you can call Tommy up and ask him this. Barnett came in and said, Odie, I want you to start pushing him. Did you see the reaction of that crowd? He said, I want you to push him. And Ole, Ole didn't like him because Tommy didn't have the big muscles. Right. He was skinny back then. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, he, yeah sure. He, didn't have, he right. had good legs. He only right. had good legs. He was in but shape, he, but he wasn't jacked. Right, right. right. He wasn't, right. But, but his upper body was, he was thin. not strong looking. Right, right, but right. But he, he had good legs. Okay. You know, he always had, had, had big, strong looking legs. So he said, Ole, I want you to start using him. And Ode said, well, look at him. He got no muscle, got no chest, you know, flat chest. And he said, well, just put him with Tony Atlas. See, I think they, they, they do good together. So he put him with me. So I'm on TV. Ode said, you got to get him over. You got to get him over the fan. And I said, this is my friend Tommy Rich. He's not, he don't have 22-inch bicep. He don't have a 50-inch chest. He can't bench press 500 pounds. But what Tommy got. It's fire. Nice. He got a lot of fire. Nice. He's like a wildfire. Oh, he boy. burned up that ring. He's like a wildfire. The next day, we go in the ring together. And I've been there for about a year and a half longer than Tommy. Mm -hmm. And everybody started hollering, wildfire, wildfire. I gave him that name man, by accident. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Man, oh, man. You need royalties. Yeah, really. All right, we're almost done, Tony. I want to thank you for joining us. It's always, always a pleasure to have you. Send us out with that story about Greg Valentine. Pharaoh's favorite and what was that now? Didn't Valentine try to? He got a, a message was sent out to take care of you by Vince. I thought we well, had not just him. Valentine. Ouch. See, I always knew when I got in the ring with people, they won't sell for you, so you had to take it. 
See, Vince, but, but Vince told me this, because he was pissed at me. He said, I can't use you on bottom because you're too good. Right. And I can't use you on top. Because? You're too good to be on bottom, but I can't use you on top. There was no because for the on top? So what Vince <laughs> liked to do with people, he liked to, in the olden days, not now, but in the olden days, they would beat you up before you leave. That that what happened with Ernie Land and, and, and the Briscoe. They tried to beat up Ernie Land, but Ernie Land ended up beating them up. <laughs> Eddie Graham was known for that. He would get shooters around like Bob Roop and all these guys. Mm -hmm. And when a guy screw up or something, they put a shooter in mm -hmm. to beat you up in the ring. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to get beaten up, Vince don't want you. They didn't want you getting beat up. Now, I ain't talking about Vince Jr. I'm talking about that's how the business was. Sure. They would put somebody in that could just beat the crap out of you. Sure. So, and they could make money at the same time. Then they tell people, well, they got a grudge. It's a grudge match. You ever hear the term, you know, the grudge match? A grudge match is really a real fight. Right. But they do it in the ring so they can make money. Why beat the guy up in the dressing room where nobody can say it? Take him in the ring and beat the crap out of him where everybody can say it. You make money. Because mm. people love to see a real fight. That's right. why people used to ask the question, is wrestling fake or not? Because sometimes they would have two wrestlers that they hated each other. So the promoter would put them in a match against each other. Let them kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. But during that time, everybody was like that. Piper was like that. Piper would not sell for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Valentine didn't want to sell for me. Mm. You watched match with me and Paul Landau. They wanted to go in and they wanted to just beat you up because I'm the one doing the job. So they figured if he's doing the job, he don't mean nothing to the office. But see, I was trained by Carl Gott, Killer Kowalski, Klondike Bill, Johnny Weaver, Wahoo McDaniel, the old school. And they said, kid, you have to learn how to take care of yourself. He said, there ain't nothing wrong with losing. It's how you lose. He said, if you're going to lose a match, make sure you take. Make sure you take 70% of that match. He said, if you do that, the fan will always be behind you. S.D. Jones did that. That's why S.D. never won a match. But the fans love him. Johnny Rod's number one, but the fans loved it because great. Johnny yeah. Rod would take his share. Sure. sure. You may beat Johnny, but he go, Johnny going to take at least at least 70% of that match. With Johnny Rod, he would lay down for you at the end, but during the match, he <laughs> would fight you tooth and nail, brother. Mm. Tooth mm. and freaking nail. He would not back up for one iola. And S.D. Jones was like that. So I knew that from the old school to keep Vince from killing me off. They, there's a match y'all got to show where I wrestled Adrian Adonis ah. in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. At the end of the match, I put Adrian Adonis over. You can hear every audience at Madison Square Garden saying these words, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> got the bullshit. Chance, huh? Got the chance. Okay. But I made myself look so good mm -hmm. that when I lost, it looked fake. Right. That's right. why Vince had to get rid of me. Tony, I got I to gotta ask this. He just, couldn't beat me in the ring. I got to ask this just for the hell of it. I mean, He tried I, to get Bundy to beat me up. And I remember going Bundy? back to the room to thank Bundy for the match. And Bundy said, Tony Atlas, Vince pressed 600 pounds. When I was a rookie, he pressed me over his head. Yeah. He pressed 300-pound men's over his head. Yeah. He's a state wrestling champion, yeah. Golden Glove boxing champion. He said, I'm a worker vest, not a shooter. 
There you you say go. you want somebody to shoot with Tony Atlas? There you go. You go and get somebody that been in the Olympics. So is, is it safe to say that if Valentine followed instructions and you guys are going at it for real, this is not going to turn out well for my favorite? I wasn't going to give him nothing. He wasn't giving me nothing. It would have been I a hell of a fight then. then. Okay. That when I was Saba Summer. Right. But but because he was tag team of doing real good with uh, the Honka Talk Man. Remember they had that tag the, team? The Rhythm and yeah. Blues. Rhythm Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was he was like on top. Right. And I was Vince. And this was doing, uh, uh, after I left AWA. And so Vince brought me back to kill me off, to jar me out. Uh-huh. I never won a match that whole for two years. I right. lost for two years. So he's sending black-haired Valentine after you. That's not the same anyway. Huh? That's not the same anyway. Sending a black-haired Valentine. Wasn't he have black hair when he was in Rhythm and Blues? Yeah, yeah, black hair. Yeah, that's not the same. That's not the same. Yep, 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 yep. Right. yep. He was with him and the Hawk Talk, and they were pushing Ted DiBiase. So they had a whole new crew. So all of us old guys, that's where, that's why Rocket never went back, because Rocket Johnson... They started jobbing us out. We lost the belt. Sure. So Rocky and Madison Square Garden, when we left, Rocky walked up to, and, and, and The Rock brought that up. was mad at his dad for leaving. Because Mama Rocky was not in WrestleMania 2, and I was. So I, I remember The Rock brought that up in the program and said, say, yeah, we could have, you could have been in uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania right. 2 with Tony Atlas. Right. Well, what Rocky did, he told Vince, you are not going to make a jobber out of me like you did S.D. Jones. And he mm. walked out. Mm. Well, with that, Tony, want to thank the fans for joining us. Want to thank you for joining us. Thanks, thank you for well, answering you, all Marty. these questions. And Farrow, you want to send us out? You've been watching Marty and the Farrow with Whoa, the legendary. Oh, say uh -oh. can I was hoping you I could get through it before he singing. Doesn't look like by it. By <laughs> the dawn early light, what so proudly we hear. At the twilight last gleaming, where whoso stripes and bright star through the pearl of dawn was so proudly real that our flag was still there. Oh, Satan, star spangled. <laughs> From the land of the free, <laughs> and the home of the brave, be proud of who we are. Americans. And there you have it, folks. God bless my underwear. See you next week. Later.
consider um, one of the greats of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the one uh, humbling thing about doing the show is you get to meet some of these ladies and gentlemen. Uh huh. And the majority of them turn out to be such wonderful, wonderful human beings. Can I get this in real fast? Yes. This, this show was 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 created out of the love the true love for pro wrestling mm. from two guys who grew up and have known each other for over 40 years junior high we genuinely loved it we used to practice it in the backyard and i can say with confidence that some of these guys who got supposed real training you never would have survived what we did to each other on the hard ground in the winter time in new york back in the day but this show was based on the love of people like the man who's sitting to our right. Well, this I, was everything that we wanted in, in, to have in mind for for these kinds of wrestlers. I also, I mean, I we, will, we are blessed. I also want to say, Pharaoh, it's very, it's very humbling to have oh, yeah. people watching this show. Oh my God! Yeah. Like the Maria Davises, oh, or like God. the Todd B. Crafts, oh, right? Oh my God! That show the respect, and they tune in every week. Yeah, and you know what? How many times I say how funny they are and they make me laugh. <laughs> Our audience but anyway, is hilarious. this whole thing has been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, Unf and I'm going to make this. Why clear. does there always have to be an unfortunately? <laughs> so before I even go to right, here we go. Before we even go to this, I, I want everybody to understand that we will question Mr. Atlas. Okay. He will answer. Oh. Yes. We will take a commercial break, and then. All the fans out there, ask whatever you want to Mr. Atlas. He will not deny you the awesome. opportunity to challenge him on anything. All right. But allow us to ask these questions. And everybody, there will be other wrestling talk. But first, sure, sure, Tony, in life, you want it to be pleasurable to the best of your ability. But then sometimes it's this rat. It just gnaws <laughs> at you and nibbles on you, right? <laughs> and you're sitting on the front. It's just... Is it on your toe? It's like 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 nicking your at you. Big toe? And you know, you know, he says things and no like flies, you know, keep in a portal potty? A fly portal potty. This is a this is a rat. This is a rat. You know why it's a rat? Because <laughs> rats so steal. Ooh. Right? Ooh. Rats take. Ooh. They 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 go behind your back. They do all this really, really, really stuff. And rat. Again, people don't know me per se but like we've been invited to come to someone's studio sure the dude doesn't want to meet me in person no it'll be ugly yeah good lord i am an exterminator but that's not the point <laughs> holy raid can batman tony next <laughs> you started up with boston wrestling okay very entertaining show because of you thank you absolutely how does it start with mr dan marotti well I was home one day, and Dan gave me a phone call. And before I say this, I want all the fans to do to do one thing for me. I want them not like I say. I'm, I'm I don't know all about this technology stuff. I want the fan to get me on the Steve Walker show. You know what Steve does, right? Shoot, yes. Steve put you on that live detect machine. Now the guy that Steve got to do his live detect, he's the best in the world. Okay. He worked for the FBI. He did all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Live detector machine. Right. You know, cause I could say one thing today, somebody else, cause I don't have power on the internet. I I'm silenced. I, I can't talk to people on the internet, on the my Facebook. The only time I could talk or, 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 or defend myself 
is when nice people like you come along. So I want to be on the Steve Walker show. So contact Marty and the Farrell to get Tony Atlas on Steve Walker show to for everything that I'm going to tell y'all now. I want to do it on a live detecting machine. That way we know who's lying and who's not lying. This is how it started. Dan called me one day, told him about the program he's trying to put together. He said, what would it cost to get you down here? And I said, Dan, I try to, I'm going to try to give you the best deal I possible. I said, I work for Steve Picard. It was uh, Top Rope Wrestling. Okay. I said, I charge you the same as I charge him. He said, what did he pay you? I said, give me 450 he go, uh, well, can you do it for 200 I said, I said no, I, I, can't, I can't do it for 200 He said, yeah, but he said, but this is the, the beginning of things. Things will get big, and we're going to do good, and give me a whole bunch of, of stuff. My wife is sitting there going the whole time. The whole time she's going, don't do that. Okay. So, Fred, I said, Dad, can you at least give me 300 Well, I, I, I know I could do the 200 And uh, my wife going, me being Tony, not not too smart, I took the deal. But I said, look, I could do it when I got something, when I'm coming through your area. And I got people like MAJ could tell you the same thing. Okay. Uh, 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 Johnny, I'm going to mess up his name. I call him uh, Callahan, but then the other day he told me it's not Callahan, it's Callahurst. Okay. Now, John, Johnny helped me out a lot. Him and his wife, Mary, are wonderful people. So y'all ever want any million billions or autograph picture or anything? In fact, I'm going to drop by on the 27th of this month just to say hi to him. He said, Tony, I set up something for you to make some money. I said, Johnny, you don't have to do that. He said, no, I want to do it for you. I said, Johnny, you don't have to do that. You ask Johnny. I'll tell you the same thing. Johnny Callahan, I love him. I, mean, I had a little, go. I got drunk one day and hollered at his wife. <laughs> she got mad at me. <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but Mary, Johnny, if Mary listen, Mary, I'm sorry that I pulled an ox baker on you. Oops. And I, it won't happen again. If I holler at you again, Mary slap me. That's what my wife do. Monica would just backhand me when I, when I get too rambunctious with her. But I was drunk in the skirt and holler and hurt her feeling. And I felt bad about that. So I want to take this time to first to say, I'm sorry to Mary. There you go. There and, you go. and I'm going to go by there to 27 to apologize to Mary and okay. to shake Johnny's hand and thank him for everything he ever did for me. He's a great, great, Excellent. great person. Excellent. John John Callahurst of MAJ Collector Talk Gaming. But anyway, back to the story. You know how I do. I get all off into everything. <laughs> come back. But anyway, to come back. Come back. Yeah. Tony. Anyway, if I had a show, like I live in Maine. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm driving to New York, that's a 360 mile trip. Wow. So I said, well, I got expenses. I got the rental car. I got gas. I got tow. People that travel. I got food. So if somebody offered me five hundred dollars in my head right off the bat, I estimate how how much it's gonna cost me to get there. Sure. So if it's gonna cost me uh, two hundred dollars to get there, somebody give me three five hundred, then I know I'm gonna make it three hundred. To me, automatic. That's a three, that's not five hundred to me. That's three hundred because it'll cost me two hundred to get there. So I said, I had to figure out a way of making my expense money. Mm -hmm. So I, I called Dan. I said, yeah, Dan, we could do it when I'm coming through your area. Right. But I don't know what happened. He wanted me to come down there when I didn't have nothing. Well, me being me, I did it a couple of times. Which, which the, to defend, Karate, okay. 
That now, was your Kim, decision. You accepted that. I accepted that. That's yeah. right. I, I made that decision. I accepted it. But then it got to the point. Uh, prices started going up. And uh, I remember one trip, and I told Dan this. I told him many a times. I, every time he paid me, I, I, I talked to him about it. He just smiled and walked away like I was a piece of shit. And uh, I told him, I said, Dan, you know, it's cost me a lot more to do your show without something to go with it. So then one time I had to go to Pennsylvania. No, Atlanta City, New Jersey from uh, Mike Hamilton. He runs the, the, uh, the showboat in uh in, in uh, uh new jersey uh, atlanta city in new jersey okay it's a for me it's a six and a half to a seven hour drive mm. so i said well i go down i do boston wrestling mm -hmm. then uh i stay in boston because that would take two hours because it, it's a two hour drive for me to to Melrose. it take me two hours of driving so i said the next day i just got five hours to do so I said, Dad, I come down and I'll do your show. Can you get me a hotel room? Oh, sure, Tony, we get your hotel room. So I drive down. He get the hotel room for me. I went to get my $200. He gave me, fifth, uh, what was it, $55. And I said, uh, what is this for? He said, it's the rest of your pay. He said, I had to deduct your room for your uh I took the, the you know, out of the room. So I, you know, I said, oh, forget about it. I'm on the way to Atlanta City. The guy in Atlanta City is going to pay me 1200 bucks. Plus, I sell all the gimmicks I want. So I'm looking at, you know, about a $1,500. But you had just away. lost almost three quarters of your intended pay. Right. So, so I'm left with 50 bucks. But now I got a whole And how many hours what? do you shoot? How many hours I do you shoot with Boston we started wrestling. shooting at 3 o'clock during the day. And we'd be finished at 9 o'clock. So it's about six hours of, of taping. Six so you hours. had to drive for hours to do six oh. hours of taping and pay for your own room and get 50 bucks, basically. Yes. $55. And this honest God truth. Wow. I say, I How generous. I'm a, wow. If I could get on Steve Worko, I'm going to tell the same thing. My mother told me one thing. She said, when you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie to cover that one up. Sure. Another lie to tell that sure. one. Sure. And by the time you get through at the end, you don't know what lie you told. Yeah. But when you tell the truth, it comes out the same every time. Of course. Every time. Anyway, I, let, I got more Go story. Ahead. Go ahead. Another time, uh, I went down for Dan. And I'm trying to help Dan. This was for him. Because mm -hmm. I was running late. Because see, what I used to do, I work at a gym in the morning as a personal trainer. I go to the gym at 6 in the morning to train people. I train people from 6 in the morning until 12 o'clock on the days I had to work for Boston Wrestling. I get off work at 12 o'clock. Go get the rental car. Go get the rental car. Okay. At, without stopping. And I'm, I'm, I'm up at at 4 in the morning now. Well, but so I've course. been up since 4. Because sure. i got to have breakfast and everything. Sure. I'm at the gym from 6 until 12. Then I will go straight to the rental car place. Get a rental car and drive to Melrose. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I'm starving. I ain't eating up there, say, 4 o'clock in the morning. And you've had a full day before noon. Exactly. Quite honestly. You know, I don't put in all them hours. Right. So I called Dan one day and I said, Dan, to save you some time so that we could get started earlier because you say you got a lot of things to do so we could start early. I said, can you get one of them kids that, you, that work with you to go get me some chicken wings? 
He said, sure. So I get there. They had my chicken wing. You, all, you remember I just sat there eating the chicken wing? The reason I ain't ate them chicken wings that people don't know, I ain't ate all day. And there was no time between from, from 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm running. I'm running. I work a regular job. You know, I'm not rich. I'm, I'm a very poor man. So when I get there, Dan go to pay me. He gave me 180 bucks. I said, Dan, you cut me 20 bucks. He said, well, I had to pay for them chicken wings. I didn't say nothing. I'm driving home. My wife would tell me, don't go there no more. He's taking advantage. My wife kept telling me that. She kept telling me. As a good wife would say. By the way, say. my wife is in the hospital now with a stroke. By the way, oh, I want to ask boy. you, how is Monica Sorry. doing? I talked to her about at, right before you came to pick me up. She's yeah. all happy. She worried about me being in a car accident or something or something happened to me. She always worried about me. She loved me to death, and I love her the same way. She's the greatest woman in the world. So I get home that day. Then the virus hit. Mm. You know, there's other stories to go with that, but I'm just trying to make but everything I, I brief. Just, I want to make something clear here. We're, we're going to get through the whole story. But your wife's ill. Yes. Everybody knows this. Yes. Now, let me ask you, you know, when you work with someone for a while, do you, do you think you build a friendship with that person? You would think so. Okay, but at this point, you're working with Marathi. Do you would, Did you consider him a friend? Yes. So... Wait your a minute. Wait, 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 wait. How can how wait a second. He knows your wife is sick and this is how he treats you? I yes. just want to make sure I'm getting this clear before I completely fucking explode. But are you serious? Well, I'm the type of guy I mean, what is that though? He's I, if he's your friend then why is why would he possibly do it something a, like that? It, it was a way I was raised. I would go <laughs> work for a guy. See, I was raised in the country. See, y'all city slickers. I'm an old country boy from the hills of Virginia. We're city slickers? Wow. I would go, I would go haul hay for a guy all day long. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, he gave me four dozen of eggs. Right. It was called horse trading right. in yeah. the older days. Sure. Right. So I'm used to doing a lot of work and getting right. a little bit back. I think you're right, I'm, Tone. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, because, not haul, yeah. I'm not hauling hay. So I, think I am a city slicker. That, Thanks a lot. Well, go on. Well, it's the way I, I was raised. Of course. I, I got this way as long as I... Conduct bill, you tell me you have to take the big ones with the little ones. Sure. And sure. Uh, I just overlook things. I just let it go. I don't let it interfere with my happiness. I like, I like to be happy. Tony, it sounds you like know, you trust people. When you stop That's and think what it comes down to. When you, you stop and think about it, I started in the 70s. Right. How many wrestlers are still active today? Not many. That started in the 70s. Right, not many. So I, I feel fortunate. I'm, you know, I feel proud to be an American. I just feel proud when I get something. Sometimes, you know, what I get makes me happy. Sometimes what I get, it never makes me sad. I never sad. I just get what's called disappointed. Mm -hmm. So when the virus hit, uh, uh, the studio closed in Boston. Mm. The studio closed. Mm -hmm. So Dan couldn't take. So he asked me, he said, can we come to your house and tape? So he's going to drive from Melrose up to Maine. He's like, hey, keep Boston wrestling, keep the wrestlers working, right? Keep them working. Yeah, that's what he said. Keep them all working. Keep them working. So he drove up to Maine to meet me at my house. I said to myself, I said, boy, that's great. I said, for the first time, when did I first start with them? For the first time. I don't know what when I started with Boston Rides, but okay. I said for the first time in my life mm. 
Dan gonna pay me what he promised. Cause I got no expenses. Okay. This one's gonna be the first time. The right. first time. There's, there's no gas. There's no hotel. There's Nothing. No I'm right. gonna get two hundred dollars. Dad, he gotta give me two hundred dollars. I don't have to pay for no rental car. I don't have to pay for no food. I got no expense. I can set home and make my two hundred dollars. This is a slam dunk. I was happy as a hog in slop. Right. Then he paid Going me. Around. Then he paid me a uh -oh. hundred bucks. I said, "Whoa!" I thought it was two hundred. I thought. I thought it was two hundred dollars. For the taping. Did he charge you for his gas to get there? I don't. He I, took $100 out. And I asked him. I, I asked know. him. Damn, no, I'm telling the truth. He know damn well. I don't care what he tell them Boston Wrestling fans. Right. He know, I'm, he know right. damn well I'm telling the freaking truth. And at this point. I have, hey, <laughs> I have no reason to lie. I'm right. an old man. Tony, I, I want to reiterate. I want to reiterate I'm telling time, the damn truth. I, I did I want to reiterate, myself. at this go. time, go, Monica is still in the hospital. My wife is in the hospital. She's in the hospital, Interesting. suffering with a stroke. But you know what? I'm going to defend Dan here. I'm going to defend Dan. Why? I, I'm sorry, Tony. I'm going to have to. Why? All right, the guy's go. using his website, and he's selling your artwork. Yeah, but him. he promised me $200. Huh. Okay, but... He I... promised... Hey, a man is only as good, good as, as his word. word, what my mother taught me. Imagine well, that. Now, now, let me finish Go ahead, go ahead. Let me finish So, so... He gives me a hundred dollars instead of the two hundred. I can't believe this guy. Okay, but being Tony, I said, "Well, at least I made a hundred. <sighs> and this time he paid for my meal Tone. and the Corona beer that I was drinking. Tone. So I said, "Well, at least I got a free meal out of him and a, and a beer and a, beer. <laughs> and a Corona beer and a beer for six hours. That's yeah. That's, it cost wow. hundred dollars. Chicken cost, wings and a beer, six hours. Six good, hours. Good pay. That's great. Good, good, good. So finally, uh." <laughs> The studio opened back up. The mm. studio opened back up. Okay. So I drove down. I couldn't get my deal with the rental car no more. Rental car went up. So the rental car was a hundred and twenty dollars for the right, rental car. Right. When I add up my expenses, now he's supposed to pay me two hundred. Sure. My expense was two hundred seventy-five dollars. Oh, great! Nothing like losing money. So now I'm paying uh, out of my what? pocket. I'm spending <laughs> money. With my wife in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Great. No work. Great. Broke living on Social Security. I'm a senior citizen. Sure, so I live sure. off of Social Security. Mm -hmm. So then, now I spend it 75. I'm paying to you're work. Paying. To be on his program. I'm you're, paying. You're paying. So I said, Dan, wow. I can't keep doing it. He said, well, I can get you some, some more money. I said, well, how are you going to do that? So he started soliciting me to do artwork for him. So Dan, he didn't make it up to you. I'm going to get you artwork. So right. Give me the artwork. But gotcha. what you don't understand, That's I got, I still got to do the work. Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, it ain't like I got a machine to run off artwork. Right. It of takes course. me a week to do one of them artwork. Of course. It's a week. That's your time So table. I work all week. Mm -hmm. Dan charged them 175 I get 100 Wait a minute. Hold on. What? This is my first time hearing that. You charge 175 Right. And Dan, Give me percentage-wise, it takes almost... almost Seven. It's getting close to half. It's well, if he takes Dan takes seventy five, you charge. He's it's getting a hundred. He's getting. He's, he's taking. Right. Yeah, he's taking so close for, to so half. Dan's taking forty percent for what? For book for getting him to work. Oh, so he's getting you to work. Right. So it's a forty percent. Right. And so mark. when I come down, it's it, instead of giving me 
Uh, if I do two artwork, it said give me 200, give me 400. If I do one artwork, he give me 300. He give me that the 100. He said, see, I told you I'd make you more money. I said, that's okay. Then one Christmas, he come around with this paper. He want me to sign these the letters. Mm. I said, what these letters for? He said, always oh, it help you and wrestle to make some money. He started soliciting money, had people to send him money to help me to pay my rent. To pay your rent? Yeah, that's to pay my mortgage. Oh, okay. I never saw a penny of it. What? What? Yeah, he would use me to solicit money from people that and he pocketed the do, money. Do you have any idea how much he accumulated? No. That's, One guy told you know me. What the way, a, you know what that is? The, there was a buddy of mine uh, that, that told me at a convention. He said, hey, Tony, uh, I, I see you was having problems with Dan trying to help you to get around. He said, you got 400 or some dollars, you know, in the, you know, Hey, I donated to you, brother. I'm, I'm here to help you. Your wife's in the hospital, bro. Yeah. I, I donated to Boston bro, Wrestling said, four hundred dollars. I never seen none of that money. You know, where you didn't see what? anything. Not a not a freaking penny. So finally, wow. I was talking to some people when you know when the Corona hit, everything got canceled. Mm -hmm. So a buddy of mine named Larry Huntley, he said, Tony, you should get on Facebook. Okay. He said you could set home if you need to make for what this guy pay you. You could make more money mm -hmm. sitting home. That's right. So one day I, I kept brushing them off, brushing them off, brushing them off. Finally, I said, okay, let's do it. So I went out, bought me a little laptop, you know, went to Verizon, you know, got my sure. Facebook account and everything. Mm -hmm. And me and old Larry Huntley, he runs wrestling. In fact, I'm wrestling for Larry Huntley at the Skahegan Fair. Okay. And Larry started helping me. And he drove, he drive 50 miles. He lived 50 miles from me. But because me and Larry have been friends from, all oh, no, back since the nannies, you know, he drives up. And I try to give him money for gas. He wouldn't take it. So what I do, I would buy him food and do what right. I can to help Larry right. and everything. And uh, so we did a virtual sale. I did one virtual sale. Hell, I made 700 bucks. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I gave Larry, I gave Larry a hundred dollars. Maybe there's something me. to this Facebook. Yep. yep. I, I gave Larry, I gave Larry a hundred dollars mm -hmm. and the three people, the two people he brought with me, I gave everybody a hundred bucks. Okay. I made $400. I didn't even have to leave my room. Took me one hour to do it. Wow. I said, shit. Yeah. Huh? Going to Boston wrestling. I make freaking a hundred bucks if I'm lucky. And I got a, and there's a 10 hour day. See, it's two hours driving. Mm-hmm. Six hours of taping. Of course. And a two-hour drive back. Nice. So the day, Great. for me, the day went from 1 to 11. Right. I leave my house at 1 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I get home at 11 o'clock. Right. Sometime 11.30, depending on the traffic. Gotcha. It was a full, you know, it's 11 hour, 10, 11-hour day for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, I did it on, on uh, January, January the 15th. I'm sitting there, I'm eating my chicken wing. Dan is doing a virtual now. He, now he don't start doing virtual selling with my artwork and stuff. So I'm sitting there eating. I said, Dan, I'm getting me a computer. Yeah. Dan, I'm getting, you can watch this tape. If he got that tape, you can see it on tape. He got this tape. He's doing a virtual. I said, Dan, I'm getting my computer. I'm, I don't want to sell on your virtual. I'm going to be doing my own virtual. It Norman. So then he called for uh, the thing. I said, I'm not working for you no more. Mm. And that's what happened.
Okay. Now I hear from people. I hear from people. He, Dan, well, been texting me and emailing me. I mean, not email, but been texting me. I gave Marty one of. I've been deleting them. So Tony, I want to. I want to alert the fans out there. So when this went on, you and me, you and I, we spoke on the phone. Hey, what's up? You told me the story. I said, good for you. Do you do you? End your relationship with him. Just do you. Take care of yourself. Absolutely. And that's what you did. Yeah, that's right. So J12 okay. says out there, what's the end game for us? For us? So, hold on. Okay. The end game? So This is not a game. When Go you on. said, hey, yeah, cool, I'm just doing me. And you disappeared. You didn't bother with the guy. And he kept texting you. I left him alone. And then I didn't really know much about Boston wrestling. And right. then all of a sudden I'd hear this guy talking trash about you. And I didn't like it. So we asked you to come on. Remember, you called in, mm -hmm. and you were nothing but a professional. You mm -hmm. didn't badmouth him, even though he claims we tried to bait him in. I have, you, no, I have no option with that. I don't want to work for yada, him no yada, more. Yada. That's it. So, I don't want nothing to do with him. That's you. it. Again, right. this continues on. Simple. And then recently, something happened with Marty Gennetti. Right. And then you alerted to me other videos with Kamala talking about what right. he's done this. Sure. And I said, you know what? I'm not going so I'm gonna go back. I'm not gonna sit here. I consider Janetti a friend. Sure. I consider Mr. Atlas a friend. Of course. I'm not gonna let this shit go on anymore. I will use this program to stop this nonsense. He could have just left you alone. And that's, there's, that's and there's nothing would have gone on. He won't do it. But instead, I mean, he still talks about you. Seven months, brother. Seven months. Every other day, I get a threat. You know what he's threatening to do with me now? Take a guess. What's he threatening to do? He want to report me to the IRS so they stop, so he could uh, uh, take, uh, uh, so they stop sending, he want to take away my social security check. Because he's mad that he can't underpay you and overwork the, the you? Only, the only income I got is my social security check. And because I want work for Dan Morella, he want to, I, I, I showed him. Because I knew y'all going to, they going to call me, Dan going to call me a liar. I knew that because he done that before. He called you a thief on the, last, on the last video I saw with Cena Senior. Just yeah, two days yeah, well, ago. I knew. Three I days knew, ago, whatever I, the fuck it was. I knew from before when people asked me why did I stop and I told them the truth. Dad went on and called me a liar. He made fun of me. He said stuff like, now who would work for 50 bucks? That even that was put like pouring salt in the room because I done that. You did right. it. I right. did it. Right. Now I'm really feeling it's like so a, outrageous. Now I'm, are, right. I'm really feeling like a fucking idiot. This guy fucked me up the ass and don't don't even give me a kiss. And then and then and then he gonna I hope I didn't say nothing wrong. Absolutely not. No. And, and I said, enough is enough. I don't want nothing to do with him. I don't want nothing to do with well, him. Well, how, how does it make you feel now, when you're on that show? He's going out to my... Look, if I'm such a horrible person, if I'm so horrible, if I'm stealing from you, if I'm lying about you, why in the effing hell are you playing my tapes? When Vince McMahon get rid of somebody, he don't keep showing their matches? Why is I'm on Boston freaking wrestling? Why? Why are you showing my tapes? Why are you selling my tapes if I'm such a horrible piece of crap? I wouldn't sell the tape of no horrible piece of crap. I wouldn't sell the tapes of a, of, of a liar. I wouldn't sell the tapes of a thief. Now I'm a thief. Now he's going out to my freaking Social Security. That's all shit. I got left. Damn, what do you shit. want me to do? You want my freaking Social Security check? You want my Social Security check now? What? <laughs>
never did nothing for this business except for sucking like a fucking leech. I tried to ignore you, man. I left you alone. Why you can't leave me alone? What you want me to do? Come down there and beat your crooked ass into Bolivia? You cannot whoop my ass, boy. I would beat the living dog shit out of you. Tony, take a break. We're going to take a commercial break. Go, We're yeah. taking a commercial break. We'll be right back, guys. Wrestling fans around the corner, around the world, I'm Dan Marotti. And this is your boy JCG, a.k.a. Jay the God. Whether you are down the street or anywhere in the Northeast, fans, the day has finally come as we prepare to celebrate 20 years of Boston Wrestling MWF. All-inclusive VIP packages and tickets are on sale for our Back to the 80s WrestleFest 20th anniversary. It is going to be a happening, a VIP exclusive Q&A with the great 80s legends. An autograph and photo fan fest and professional wrestling so hot, it's going to blow the roof off of Memorial Hall. You can get your tickets at Boston Wrestling beginning in 3, 2, 1, go. Wrestling fans, it's time to rock. WWE legend Marty Jannetty of the Rockers returns for three big nights, Wednesday, September the 1st through Friday, September the 3rd. Marty will be taping historical wrestling insider episodes, live specials, insider autograph signings, support wrestling superstars, pre-order autograph date by 10s now over at bostonwrestling.com. This September, get your sunglasses ready. It's time to party with Marty. This is Mick Foley. This is Harley Race. This is Shelton Benjamin. This is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. This is the Monster Abyss. And this is Daniel Bryan. This is JBL, and you're watching the MWF. Be there live. Wrestling fans around the corner, around the world, I'm Dan Barati. And I'm John Cena Sr. Fresh back from vacation. He's like, uh, he's like fruit fresh off the tree. Well, as somebody said, I'm the most boring person in wrestling. Well, or as my Joe said, you know, she was a little juicy when she saw you. Oh, well, anyway. Sorry about that one. Johnny, you know what? I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but because it is something that has taken over almost the, uh, or dominating the pr live premiere chats that we have, and I consider it a waste of time, uh, about two wastes of time as far as I'm concerned. You have a wannabe Andrew Dice Clay and a wannabe Howard Stern wearing their sunglasses at night. Um, that do this program out of New York. I don't know them. They could be fine human beings, for all I know, aside from their little personas that they try and project. But for whatever the odd reason, it seems like a lot of their programs, or at least the links that are sent to us by the fans, are dominated around our shows about, about me, you know, being the uh, uh, Joe Exotic of professional wrestling abusing all of the uh, the wrestlers like Joe Exotic did to his Tigers at his amusement park or whatever that was down south and you 
There was a video with the thumbnail of you from the uh, TD Garden sold out with over 4 million people watching you on the USA Network saying that you're the most boring man in professional wrestling. Wow, that's a surprise. Because if they saw the full clip, they would have got the real applause that we got from that. And when it went backstage, Big Show and several other wrestlers says they have never laughed so hard in their lives. So you know what? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't take issue with anybody because you have your opinion, I have my opinion, and the wrestling world has theirs. But I will say this, Dan, anytime you want to call me, anytime you want to email me, anytime you want to chat, I'm not hard to find. Well, I, I, I'm sure they'd try and find a way to exploit it. I don't get, with so much going on in the world of professional wrestling, why they focus so much on what goes on here in the studio. I know they tried to do clickbait and they tried to get Tony Atlas to bury me on the show after Tony stole all that, stole all that money. But uh, Tony wouldn't go that far. He just said, you know, Boston Wrestling can't afford me anymore. And you know what? If that's how Tony wanted to phrase the theft, so be it. Then they had Marty Gennetti on. Marty was in, it looked like something out of one of those found footage movies. Marty was hidden clip. in some car and with the flashlight on. And again, they tried to, oh, you know, how bad was Dan Marotti to you? And, and what did Marty say? He had some long days. He might have overdone it exercising, which he did. He had a, a lady friend visit him the night before with some uh, things, and it led to a pretty rough Sunday. So one thing I think, Johnny, you have known me, and you will speak very negatively about me when you feel it is necessary. Do you think I am someone that takes advantage of and, and abuses all the veteran wrestlers? No, I, I, if I did, I wouldn't be sitting here. Uh, and if you did, the boys, the older wrestlers, wouldn't be coming to work here. And, you know, I, I just want to add one thing. I have nothing against those two guys. I watched the podcast with Janetti. I thought it was sleazy, and I don't mean that in a bad way. They tried to bait him into saying something yeah. that he didn't want to say, and Marty was very cool about it. He put him right in the spot. He said, hey, brother, we're good friends. Why are you doing this to me? And I respect those two guys with the podcast. Oh, I have no respect. Well, I, I do. And I, I think they've got a decent little show. Well, you know why? Because we can agree to disagree, but still be friends. And until they really do something disastrous, where they attack me personally and or my family uh, and act like idiots, then I think there's something that needs to be said. But you know what? Let them play. Let them have their fun. Well, other than saying you were the most boring man in wrestling, I don't think too much negative has been said about you. But I take a great issue with, um, you know, I abuse older wrestlers. And they've used that headline even with um, people I've never met before. So I don't understand why they have this obsession with Boston wrestling. Um, I don't know why they wear their sunglasses at night. Maybe it's a vision thing. Uh, or they like the Corey Hart song from the 80s, I don't know. But So you want to know how I thought the best way to settle it was, Johnny, when our, our dear close personal friend that we abuse like a circus animal, Marty Gennetti, returns. I said, why don't we invite Sunglasses at night to come up to this studio, and they can have two seats in this studio and observe how mistreated these poor pro wrestlers are that they claim are are nearly beaten when they uh, when they come up to town. My only two conditions would be they don't record anything while they're here and they don't say hello to me because they're not worth my time. But they are welcome to come and sit and observe and then they can have something more to report on what must be a pretty boring 
wrestling talk show with everything going on in WWE and AEW if they have to dedicate so much airtime to Boston wrestling? I think it's pretty sad and weak and pathetic, but I don't know. Well, they're giving show a plug, that's for sure. Uh, Boston Wrestling's got a free plug. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure that I would say, don't speak to me. That's childish. Oh, I am. I don't want to say hello to But that's to childish. Well, I'm being you know, childish. Yeah, then. When people agree. go online and attack me and put me down and try and, uh, you know, hurt someone's reputation that they don't even know, and they've tried to, as you noted, bait wrestlers into saying certain things that they won't say. Like, for example, one of the hosts email or messaged me on Facebook after the Marty Gennetti live incident from Father's Day. Oh, you know, can we have the footage to use on our show? That's not exploitive? No, I'm saying no. I would not release the footage. And I will not. It's been locked on private ever since that day. Because yeah, I will not embarrass Marty like that. If they wanted to use that footage, I would say that's pretty uh, exploitive in trying to embarrass someone. But Marty was smart enough to put them on the spot during the show. I agree. And they said, oh, no, 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 Marty. We just wanted to watch it to see it. Yeah, okay. I, right. I agree. But you know what I say? I think sometimes the easiest way to settle differences is if you accept the invitation, I hope I'm here. I'll come down. I'll shake their hand. I'll talk I to them. Um, well, you know what? Sometimes you just got to bury the hatchet. Sometimes, well, when it doesn't end, it's very difficult to bury the hatchet. Well, but see, there's a way to make it end. And That's why I think the invitation is, is kind of me. I agree. As opposed I agree. to what I'd like to say. But I, I understand. And please you know how fiery say, I can please be. Please don't say what you'd like to say. And you, I'm taking a page out of your book. As you opposed are. to saying what I want to say, I'm just extending an invite for them to come and observe for themselves. Then they can be the official... Andrew Dice Clay and Howard Stern, experts that they want to be with but their sunglasses. The one thing that I disagree with what you're doing, All right. do not create a hostile environment. As soon as no. they... But you are. Let me tell you, you can't create a hostile environment because as soon as they walk through the door, the door don't talk to me. No, no, Wait no, 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 no. That's not what I'm going to say. Well, you just said, don't there talk to me. There will be two chairs. They, I don't want them to record anything. I agree with And that. I don't want them to speak to me. Uh, well, see... That's wrong, because the environment is already created. I hate to use Trump's name, but you've already built the wall. Already built the wall. So why don't we just say... I thought it was kind of me to invite them. You know what? I think the easiest way to settle the solution or the problem is through a solution, because if you're not part of the solution, you, you, you must be part of the problem. So why not do it this way? You're invited here. When Marty Jenny comes back, come on down. The old man Cena, the most boring man in wrestling, as you say, is here. Come on down. Let's chat. Let's see maybe where we're really at here. Um, but I don't say invite them into the well of fire because it's very hard to say, come on in, but don't talk to me. Now, wait a minute. That includes any talent here? That includes any people working here? When I see me, I just mean Dan Marotti. But Dan, whoever else they want to try and engage with is at their discretion. But what will happen is, you're the man. This is your stuff. Boston Wrestling is you and, and Neil Melanoma. You guys started it. No, he's not a disease, Johnny. He's, I, he's well, a we, I want him to be a disease. But um, <laughs> this thing is a disease. 
Um, but I want people to know that that's not you. That's the old you. The new you is understanding. The new I'm you. I'm trying. I am. So my my thought is maybe I'm just old and 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 maybe I sit back and and say hold on. But my whole thing is you know what guys, you're invited to come down to the studio anytime. The door is open. We tape every Wednesday. I'm here. Dan's here. I'm willing to chat. Um, Marty G 